Well, we are uh, going to wrap this series up next Sunday, so looking forward to that. we got some more artwork here that individuals in our church have made, um, different people. Um, these representing different things, and today, life is better connected. And so, um, you know, there's more in the lobby. Take a look at those, and uh, it's great how the, everyone uses their different gifts to glorify the Lord. Well, I wanted you to think about the highlight reel of your life. What are like what you think of one, two, or three of the best moments of your life. And I'm willing to bet that you weren't alone when you experienced that moment, right? And thinking of my own life, thinking of when I accepted Christ as my Savior, and then just running to my mom afterward, Mom, Mom, guess what? You know, and I think of the time where I was in a church, very different from this one, it was much more traditional looking, and, and uh, Becky came walking out from behind the doors in her wedding dress. There's a lot of people there, but that was a great, the highlight, life really is better connected. In fact, some of the, what's, if, if you're a bowler, you know what the worst thing would be? To get a perfect 300 all by yourself and nobody saw it, right? If you're a golfer and you get a hole in one and nobody's with you and no one saw it, you're like, no! right? Because it's just so much better with other people there to celebrate with and, and to be a part of, of, of it together. And so life is better connected. There's more joy. Now, life is also, sometimes the connections we make are painful. If you're going to go through the, the low light reel of your life and some of the worst times in your life, and maybe you were alone but something happened with someone before you were alone or, or maybe you're not alone at all and you're humiliated or, or someone just hurt you so badly. And so how do we maximize on the good connections and not so much on the bad connections? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, Colossians chapter 2 um, is going to talk about this idea here. Life is better when we fight for one another, not with one another, Okay. And so Colossians 2 is talking about this first point. He says, I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you and for those at Laodicea. Contending, actually, he's writing this in, in Greek language, and the word contending is actually where we get the word arena from in that language. So he's saying, I'm like in the arena for you. And uh, the games were really big gladiators, okay? This is the ancient Roman world. And so he's like, I, 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 I'm, I'm fighting for you. I'm contending for you. And then he says, and also for those in Laodicea. Um, Laodicea is 12 miles from Colossae. So he's writing this. Um, the Bible is not a book, okay? If you think it's a book, it's very confusing. And the Bible is a library, Right? And the one library is the Old Testament, the other library is the New Testament, and it's separated by type of book. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, that's the historical section of the New Testament. It's the first section. Second section is letters, letters by Paul, letters by Paul to churches. That's what First and Second Corinthians, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and a bunch. And then you get letters to individuals by Paul, and then letters by other people, and then Revelation, which is like its own thing. You know, it's got its own section. Um, and so, so he's writing a letter to believers in Colossae, Greek, Greece, but then when they're done, the letter's going to go to Laodicea. So it would be like Paul writing to us, and I get up and I read Paul's letter to you guys, and then when I'm done, I'm going to just hand it to 
to Jeff, and Jeff's going to take it down to Tunkhannock, and next Sunday, Adam or Kurt and Tunkhannock are going to read the letter to the church there. So that's what's going on here, and he's saying, man, I am fighting hard for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. So this is kind of weird. How is Paul fighting for people he's never even met? Like, how does that work? I, and, and even how do you fight for people spiritually? We know how to fight for people physically, right? If, uh, you know, something was going down at Mark's house, you know, this week, and uh, I knew he was going to be in trouble, first of all, I'd be like, ah, he can take care of himself. But, but if, I, if I thought I could be of some help, I'd show up, you know? To, to, and, and, you know, and, and I think we'd do this with any of our friends, right? With Nate or whatever, we'd, we'd show up to help. And even if... Even if you knew, like, man, we're outnumbered 10 to 1, and we're going to get, we're gonna get the, the snot beat out of us. But you, 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 don't, you don't just let someone get beat up alone. <laughs> you, you do what you can. You call friends. You try to help. And physically, we, we kind of know what to do to fight for someone, to stick up for them. But how do you fight for people spiritually? And, and so, you know, as we go through this, and as you think, I mean, there's, there's lots of different ways, but Paul, he's separated by miles. He's actually writing this from prison. So he, he can't go see them. He can't show up, spirit, you know, and, and, and teach them that way. So he's writing, he's writing this letter, and he's, and he's fighting for them. We can fight for people in prayer, spiritually. Who, who are you fighting for in prayer? You know, we can fight for people um, by by just uh, asking them how they're doing and, and getting into their lives and, and meddling, right? I mean, sometimes you fight for someone, you say, you know what, are you, are you sure you should have that second drink? You know, I, you know what, are you, what are you doing tonight? Are you sure you should be doing that tonight? Where are you going? What are you, you know, and, and just fighting for each other in that way, fighting for each other, um, by investing in people's lives and spending time where there's a need. There's a, there's a small group in our church that it, it's just so cool how they help each other. Um, so the one, Jen and Paul, Jen's got terrible back problems, has multiple back surgeries. Her, her spine just doesn't stay straight. And, she got, and so the, the others in this small group, they've, they've prayed for her. They've rallied around her. They've helped them to be able to get, get things she needs and, and all of that. Well, recently, J.R. and Shirley, their driveway was washed out. And J.R.'s had cancer, and he's had some cancer surgeries, and he's not able to. Well, so then another, their small group leader, Jim, he got a, a load of gravel, and he's got a bad back. But, but you know, the, Paul Scheffler, he... He can spread the gravel, so they're fixing out the washed-out driveway, and they're just all helping each other. And they're, they're, they're encouraging, and they're fighting for each other, you know, both, both physically and spiritually. And here's the thing. Your obedience to God will help and fight for other people in ways that you can't possibly know. And it will, it will fight and help people you, you don't even know personally. Like you, you, may, you may have an impact on some woman's life who I've never met and then she will, will then, you know, have an impact on her daughter and her daughter will become this godly woman who then will marry my son Daniel. 
And you will be, you will have been fighting for me. Now, Daniel is not available, okay? He's, he's 13, all right? 13, don't get any ideas, all right? Um, although I would love to arrange marriages, but we don't do that in the United States. Um, yeah, so, but, you, you know, that we're all connected. And, and I know we've all had experiences where, wait a minute, you know so-and-so, and, and what? And that happened, and this person, and that. And so your obedience to God is always what's best, not only for you, but it's what's best for everyone in your life, and it's what's best for people. And so Paul is saying, man, I'm contending for you, and I'm sure he was doing it in prayer, and he's doing it by writing this letter to them, and, and he's doing it by obeying God himself. What would have happened if Paul just decided, I quit? I've been in prison before. This one's worse. I'm not getting younger. I'm going to retire from telling others about Jesus. I'm getting up there, you know. I'm, I'm, I've, you know, I've done my part. He would have stopped contending, stopped fighting for them, and it would have damaged them. And if you're in a fight and the guy next to you decides to just walk away, you know, that, so we need to obey God and do whatever God has called us to do. And, and as we do that, we are contending, we are fighting for others. Um, I want to talk a little bit uh, with Cliff Kane. He's going to come up. Cliff is uh, 87? 87 years old. You know, you never retire from God. You never retire from being a Christian. We're going to show a little video about Project Lucas, something that a woman from our church, uh, Alicia DeShong, she grew up in our church. Her and her husband, Scott, started this ministry in Kenya. It, it uh, just started to give kids supplies. You, couldn't, you can't go to school in Kenya unless you have school supplies. So there were children not able to go to school because they couldn't afford pencils and a notebook. And so they, they get all these backpacks, and you'll see pictures of the backpacks that they give the kids so that they have supplies to go to school. But then also they, they realize, you know, the school systems in Kenya, they're terrible. 70, 80 kids for one teacher. You know, and so they said, we need to start a school that can really give these kids that are, have, have no chance a chance, and we're going to teach them about God. And so... Uh, Cliff was on a missions trip. Uh, some people from our church, most were not from our church. 38 people went, and uh, this is what they experienced.
God so loved the world that he gave up his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So therefore, listen, you've heard about Jesus today. You've heard about how he can change your life. What are you gonna do about it? Here's what you can do. You can either accept him or you can reject him. You can either invite him into your life or you can disinvite him. You can say, no, I don't want anything to do with him. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, If any man desire to be first, his same shall be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever shall receive one of such children in my name receives me, and whoever receives me doesn't receive me but him that sent me. Hey, one of the things, one of the reasons I wanted Cliff up here to talk to you guys is Cliff is not a pastor. He's a retired chemist. So what, are, what is a retired chemist doing in Kenya? All right, we set two records <laughs> on this trip. We set one record for the youngest, that was Dexter, and I'll let you figure out the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I say this is that spans the age of everybody in here, so mm. there's no excuse. You can go. <laughs> Do it. Get involved with the ministry and go on a trip. Yeah. So tell us about, you know, you, you met some people there that really impressed you. This school there is called Project Lupus, and you saw on the, the TV or on the screen, uh, Project Lucas is run by basically three people who are Kenyan people. Isabel was really the woman that, she's amazing. She knows the names of every one of those students. There's 130 of them, about. She interacts with the teachers and she runs the school. There's Ben. Ben is the most amazing young man I wanna, ever want to meet. He's a Kenyan. And he basically is known in Riru 
Everybody knows Ben. He brings people in and tries to get them into the school, but there are limits of how much they can do because of the money constraints. And that's, that's where Silas comes in. He's the business manager. Silas is not a warm, fuzzy person. He's kind of a businessman. <laughs> you have to have all those kind of people to run hmm. that school and to be a Christian. You can be warm and fuzzy. You can be a business person. You can be even a chemist. God's got a place for each one of you. So talk about your sponsored child. We're going to try not to mention her name, but where did she come from and where is she now? I sponsored a child three years ago. When I started to sponsor her, she was 12 years old. She had a very difficult life. When she was 11 years old, her mom died, leaving her and her three sisters and brother orphans. She was the oldest. She felt she had to take care of them, but she didn't have any way to do it. Person, a young man approached her and said, I have the money. I'll give it to you. Wouldn't that be nice if he just said that? But he didn't. He said, but you got to sleep with me. What's she going to do? So she started on a downward path. Project Lucas stepped in and interrupted that path. They adopted her. And she's adopted by Project Lucas. And when she was 12 years old, that's when I began to be her sponsor. Takes $50 a month, $600 a year for three years. Now she's 15. <laughs> she's doing well. <laughs> that's what it's all about, is the children. You saw those children dancing, a lot of them, 130 of them. One thing I'll never forget, when they stopped dancing, they rushed us. <laughs> it's like being run over by a wave. And those children came, and they came to get hugs. That I'll never forget. And I'm going to be around a long time because I'm a creature of eternity. So I'll mm -hmm. say I'll never forget that. That's yeah. Right? fully believe that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing. And yeah, it just, you know, I just want, this is not like to encourage all of you to, I mean, if you want to get involved in Project Lucas, there's a guy that'll help you do that. Um, but you know what? Connecting with other people, like the, the heroes over there, that this woman, there's a, the woman that adopted your sponsored child and her three sisters and her brother, one child of her own, just took them all into her home. She lives, you're saying, in a small little apartment that... She lives five stories up, and there's no elevators. And I walked into that apartment, <laughs> to it, and I walked up those stairs. I slept well that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the kids have no problems with the stairs, but Cliff did. Um, but you know what? The, the heroes of this is, are, are these Kenyan believers who just love the Lord, and they're like, man... I, I want to I wanna help my people. And, and so that, that we could come alongside of them and help in a little bit, help them do that better. Again, this is, this, is, this is what God wants is for us to work together to help each other. And so whether it's a small group here in Montrose that, that is helping each other, you know, or, or whether it's on the other side of the world, like life is better connected and I appreciate you coming and sharing with us. Thanks, Cliff. One thing that Scott impressed on us was that mm -hmm. your major job here 
on this mission trip is to love the children. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. Probably what God would share with us as well. Your major job here on this planet is love, love, love the children, love my children, love. Whew. All right, He made it. Hey, two things really quick before we close. Life is better when we encourage one another. So we need to fight for each other, and we need to encourage each other. And this is what He says: My goal. What is He fighting for? So Paul, he says, I'm contending for you. Why, what, is, what is he contending for? What's behind that? He says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. So they may have the full riches of the complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. He's saying, I, I want them to understand who Jesus is. I want them to be united together and encouraged and in whom are hidden all the truth are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. So he's saying, this is how we contend and fight for each other. This is how we encourage one another, is by we, we tell each other about who Jesus is and grow in our understanding and understand some of the mysteries and some of the wisdom of, of, of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And so where are you doing that? Where are you? How are you encouraging someone else spiritually and understanding? How, is, how are others in helping you in your life understand more about who Jesus is and, and the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and all of that? And, and that's where uh, we, we have small group signups on your way out. We have uh, the men's manly meal it starts September 18th. You have to be manly. You have to be a man. So... Um, just sign up at the Welcome Center for that. We'd, we'd, we'd love to have you there um, to, to, again, to, to grow in our understanding uh, of Jesus Christ. And this is not just something we as grown-ups need, right? To grow in our understanding and to be encouraged and to fight for each other and, and to have this unity of love and that is talking about this. This is something for our kids, too. And so I want to show you last video couple minutes about what happens here on Wednesday night starting September 13th is called Voyager. Want your kids to have fun in a safe and engaging environment? Once a week here at Bridgewater, we have an awesome experience called Voyager, where your K through fifth grader gets to learn how to be more like Jesus as they interact with other kids, work on daily devotions, memorize God's word, and hang out with caring leaders. want to provide this opportunity for kids, but it also allows you to use that time to join nearby small groups and connect with other parents. If you are interested in finding out more about Voyager or would like to volunteer, we would love to talk with you. Join us as we have a blast taking new steps with Jesus. <laughs> Here's the thing, those, those working in Voyager, a, a lot of them are 6th through 12th graders, right? They're young kids. And so I, I was talking to the, the leaders uh, last Sunday as they were meeting together. I said, this is a triple ministry. It's a ministry to the kids, yes. 
It's a ministry to their parents because there's a lot of parents who come Wednesday night, drop their kids off, and then they can go to small group. It'd be very difficult for them to go to small group and find childcare for their kids or bring their kids. We do have some small groups like that where they bring their kids and there's like 20 kids in the basement, you know, and you just hope it, it survives, <laughs> you know, but, but yeah, so, it, so it's a ministry to the kids. It's a ministry to the parents. It's also a ministry to the teenagers that are helping, um, and, and now it's really kind of neat. So many of the adults that are helping now um, helped as, as teenagers. And now th they've grown up and they still have a passion for these kids and, and teaching them about Jesus Christ and, and helping them grow up. And so that's the last thing. Life is better when we grow with one another. If you're not perfect... You need to change. You need to grow to be more like Jesus. And he talks about this. For though I am absent from you in body, because he's in jail, he's like, I'm present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So he's talking in the verses before about how we need to deepen our understanding and wisdom and knowledge and mysteries of Jesus Christ. And, and what is the goal of understanding? Not, not just to understand more, not just to know more about God. It's, it's to live it out, to be disciplined. And then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. So we got to receive Jesus. We need to accept him as our Lord and Savior. But then it's not the end. Then we continue and to live our lives in him, rooted and built up in him. Rooted, that's that growth idea built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. What are your roots in, in your life? What is the foundation of your life? If the foundation of your life is money, if that's what you're rooted in, is very shallow ground and you're in trouble. If you're rooted in the approval of other people and I want people to like me and, and Again, very shallow ground and you're in trouble. If you're rooted in your kids and man, I just, I just, my kids are my life and they're like my whole thing and that's what I, that's what I'm rooted in. That's what my life is about. Again, you're in trouble because you know what? I'm a dad. I said goodbye to three of my children. There's only one left. I called Ryan yesterday and I said, I'm going to try to call you once a week. Let me know if that's too much. When I was his age, that was too much. Don't tell him I said that. Um, but he was, he was good. I could at least talk to him once in a week. And, and you know what? It, it can't be all about our kids. It can't be about people liking us. It can't be about your spouse. It can't be about... We need to be rooted and built up in him, in Jesus Christ. And, and when are we reminded of that? When do we talk to others about how to do that? How, how do we encourage and fight for one another to grow up in Jesus Christ? I just wish there was like some program where you could just get together and study the Bible and pray for each other. Like, what would we call that? Yeah, we maybe call it small group or some churches call it life groups or cell groups or Bible study or home Bible study or Sunday school for adults or I, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, it's a key. It's a key thing in our spiritual lives. There's going to be some small group leaders out there afterward at the table before you leave. You can go to the, the Welcome Center as well. Online, man, I've been missing on. We have online small groups. Um, we, we, you know what? And, and Life is Better Connected. Some of you online, you're watching all by yourself. Invite someone to watch with you. 
You know, and so you can talk about it afterward. And maybe with you is like with you, like not in the same room, but give each other a call afterward and talk. Or maybe actually physically get together, call it a watch party, call it whatever you want, like call it breakfast and, and just get together and, and watch together and then talk about what, what just happened and what you just heard and saw and, and talk about God's word together. Pray for each other because life is better connected and uh, great things don't usually happen to individuals. They happen to teams, families, and groups. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for what you're doing in this congregation. So many connections. Thinking of Cliff going to Kenya with family members and friends and thinking of, um, you know, the manly meal and the guys that, that get together that night and and, and serving the, the Voyager group, them, them encouraging each other, just ramping up for, for a new season of, of reaching and talking to kids about you. And God, I just thank you so much for what you're doing. Lord, help us to recognize that we, we need you, but we need people. And there's people that need us. Put the two together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're not going to stand to sing at the end here. We're not even going to give an invitation. Um.